watch and listen today. I don't really want you to watch me, but I want you to kind of get a mental picture of what I'm talking about. Of all the millions of things that preachers could preach about, I don't think there's a better thing at all times that we ought to have in our message or our message in its entirety is people to understand about salvation. If you don't know how to get home, you won't get to the home you're going to be happy with. And there's a lot of people that don't know how to get home. There's a lot of people that think they, they've known how to get home, but something's messed up, and they're not really quite that sure about it. So today, will y'all promise the Lord that you will stop, look, and listen? Will you do that? Will you stop what you're doing? Will you look up here, and will you listen to what God is trying to tell you not open? Amen. I do need to say thank you for all the people that's been so good to us over the past month. You are a blessing. I don't take it lightly. I don't expect a thing. I really don't. And you might say, well, give me mine back. And I will if you want it. If you need it, I'll give it to you. I'm on my way to glory. I'm telling y'all, you don't believe that, but I'm on my way home. And I see the signs of it every day, and they're getting stronger and stronger. But thank you for being good to us. I'm, I'm in it many times, and I put it in writing. I told you about that, but I wouldn't trade places. You name them. You know the big names. I wouldn't trade places with one of them for ten times what all of them have combined. I wouldn't. I'm happy to be here with my family. Amen to that, Brother Swells. I'm happy to be here. God did this. There's a scripture in Colossians chapter 3. It's actually verse 3, but I'm going to start at verse 1 before I get to it. So you already have been served the notice about stopping, looking, and listening. Paul said to the church at Colossae, he said this. He said, now if, that's that word again, if then you were raised with Christ, that, that's a question only you can answer, by the way. If then you were raised with Christ, then you need to seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. That's not automatic, by the way. Verse 3 that I just talked about, for you died, you died. When you gave your heart to the Lord, you died and your life, that means your life that you live right now is actually hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4 goes on to say, when Christ, who is our life, our life, Christ is my life. See, I died. Y'all remember that a while ago? I died. My life now is summed up in Jesus. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will get to show back up again. Right now, you're dead. Nobody's visible in this world around you to your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighborhood, your peeps. Nobody can see you right now. The only person they see is Jesus. Did y'all hear what I just said? You got, thank you. Amen. Amen. I love that. The Bible says, 
out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have perfected praise, and you just saw that live and in color. When you got saved, you died. I, I got to do this again. You won't hear nothing that will benefit you more when you take your last breath than what I'm telling you right now. When you get saved or you got saved, you died in your life at that moment was hidden with Jesus. I'll show you what that looks like in one minute. So you have been out of the picture since the moment you surrendered to the cross. The world is only seeing Jesus. Now that's a huge, that's a huge responsibility. It's a divine privilege, but stop right now before I do anything or say anything and ask the question, have people just been seeing Jesus? Or are they getting a part of me and flesh, my life, and what I really like hold dear? That's a big deal right there. And I didn't say it. The Apostle Paul said it on behalf of Jesus. You died, folks. You died. If you were saved, you died. End of story. You won't be revealed. People won't see Opie again. They will not get to see me again until I am revealed. Look at me. I'm preaching. People are taking care of business. I've got to fight for you to get this today. I've already been warned. I'm going to have to fight the devil for you to focus and pay attention today. Don't worry about people moving, taking care of children, or people uh, having to get up and excuse themselves or an emergency, don't do that today. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, your very eternal being may rest on what I'm saying right now. When you died and Jesus said, okay, I'm going to take your sin, I'm going to take it from you, let, 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 me, let me just go on and say, you're out of the picture from that moment on. Your life's hidden. It won't be revealed again until that day when God reveals himself through Jesus Christ. That's when you get to show back up. So church, again, God's stopping me right here. Have people only been getting Jesus out of my life? You know the answer, don't you? Do you know the answer to that? Does everybody agree with that answer? Thank you again. I'm telling you, y'all are getting smoked today by what, a five-year-old, four-year-old, three? I don't know. Huh? Four-year-old? You're getting blistered today. You are getting your tail whooped in this church service by a four-year-old. Come on. So, does everybody agree with that statement? Amen. Now, when Christ who is our life appears, then... Then, and only then, should you show back up, and will the real Christians show back up. Everybody else is humble. They're walking before the Lord. They represent only Jesus. They don't care about stuff and image and things and people and places. They don't care about that. They're dead. They only care about people seeing Jesus. If you want to read this later on, just look at the lifestyle of the disciples, okay? Therefore, the Bible says, since all this has taken place, put to death. Since your life, verse 5, is, is, is hidden, then you need to put to death your members which are still on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, uh, which is idolatry. It means you, you got to have it. You want more of it. You don't have enough of it or somebody else has it and you want it. 
Because of these things, the wrath of God, you don't hear this anymore, this is old saying, is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you, yourselves, once walked when you lived in them. But now, hallelujah, now you yourselves are to put off, put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language, out of your mouth. Let me show you this right quick, okay, before we get any farther. So let's just say the day that you got saved, if you're not saved, today is the day of salvation. God sent you here. God had you to log on. Your Internet's working today right now so you can be saved. This is how, in the eyes of God, how it goes down. You get saved, and when you get saved, all of a sudden, your life, you're no longer part of this world. Everybody know that? You remember? You're no longer part of this world. You're not part of this world anymore. Because in order for your life to be hidden with Christ, then you've got to know where Christ's seat is. Where's Christ sitting? He's sitting at the right hand of God. So when you get saved, it, it looks kind of like this. You, you come before the Lord. I know we're talking about... We talk about all the time kneeling down at a cross, but you come and you surrender your life to Jesus and he washes you whiter than snow and he clothes you. You're not the same person anymore and he's he seated at the right hand of God and, 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 and while you are sitting there and you just enjoying being saved on your way to glory, the Lord says this, I love this. You're actually being hidden with Christ so that means that's why we can't get into all this again but that's why all that stuff about spiritual warfare means so much see the devil hates it because number one you're hidden with Christ when you get saved he can't touch you you see the next thing is what he does try to throw fiery darts and all those kind of things you're familiar with that's why you need to be spirit-filled so you can fight him and you can properly wear and know how to utilize the weapons of our warfare and wear the whole armor of God. So when you get saved, the Lord, hallelujah, he knows that at that moment you are seated with Christ Jesus, hallelujah. And by being seated with him, you're protected. And, and the Bible says, you know what? When you are saved, no man can pluck you out of his hand. But the verse you just read with me says, since we're hidden with the Lord and he's taking care of the most important thing, my life, then this is what I need to be doing. My members, the Bible talks about these faculties, my members, the, the part of, parts of my body. He says, this is what you need to do since I'm hiding you and the enemy cannot, he can't do what he would like to do to you. He says, then this is what you need to do on the other hand. He says, you need to, on the earth, you've got your members on the earth. Thank God for lights. You've got members on the earth. And the members on the earth, when you wake up, you're saved. And you walk out of your house every day. You need to be on red alert. Because when you walk out of the door, yes, I'm still hidden. I'm a Christian. He's clothed me. But there's just something about this church. You see, because there's some things that Paul told that church at Colossae. He said, you need to put these things to death. 
These are things that are inside of me that my members have the ability to carry out at any given time. I'm going to give you an example in just a minute, but there are some things about being unclean that just sink. And it may not be nasty, sex-type, filthy-type things like that, but it just might be that my mind is thinking unclean things that have to do with the world. It's, it's toxic to me. It's unclean. And the Lord says, you actually need to take these things and you don't need to entertain them or just say, well, it's just the way I am. I ain't got it. He said, no, you need to actually take them and you need to, you, you, you need to put them to death. But not only do you have uncleanness inside of you at all times that your, your body, there it is, that your body can carry out. Because you can, you know, you, you, even though you're hidden with Christ, your flesh is still on the earth. Amen. It is. And so that's, that's the thing. He said, I've got your life hidden. He said, but that flesh on the earth, he said, you've got passions. They're unhealthy passions. See, it, it might be passions of getting somebody back, and you just need to take your passion, and you need to put it to death. And, and, and you just don't play around with it. You just say, no, I know. Let me tell you, let me give you something, because you may not be getting this. There are some things that are put to death in my life I don't have to worry about. I've used it twice today. I'm going to use it again. When I wake up on Monday, I don't have to worry about trying to scrounge some money around to go buy a rock of cocaine or something like that. I don't have to worry about that. See, those things are put to death. Running around on my wife, I don't have to worry about that. That's put to death. Do y'all see what I mean now? There's things that I don't have to worry about, but there are other things that I need to put to death, and one of them is evil desires. It's not a holy desire. It might be. It might be something that, 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 I, that I know is not right, and, and I just want to see vengeance take place. In fact, I might do it, and so i, I got to put that to death. The Lord, by the way, said vengeance is mine. So I just take it, and I just say, no, you're not going to have place in me because I'm hidden with Christ. And then the Bible talks about covetousness, and, and that's, that's idolatry, the Bible says. And see, we live in a world that's slam full of, of wanting something or wanting more of something. I mean, Paul said, whatever, I've learned whatever state I'm in just to be content with where I am and what God's blessed me with because I know that at the very least, He's going to clothe me. He's going to feed me. He's going to take care of me. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. But we live in a, a coveting, uh, gratifying society now. And the Lord says, look, you don't even need to waste your time with coveting. You need to get rid of it because you'll start. And it may just be things I take on that I do, and it demands my schedule. It demands my routine. It demands my money, and I need to get rid of it. And fornication is just something I told you. It's off limits. No way, no how. You don't, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, and you don't play with that. You just get rid of it. You bury that. You do what the Bible says to do because your life is hidden. There are things that you as a believer need to put to death or it will put you to death if you keep playing around with it. Amen, preacher. You need to do it. You need to do it. Now, the Bible says this. So, because of these things, these things, these things, because of those things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked. When you lived in them, but now you yourselves are to, he didn't say put to death on this. He said, but now, because you're hidden with Christ, you are to put off all these. 
anger, wrath, malice. I know you're not getting anything out of these words, but I got to read them anyway. Blasphemy, which is slander in this, in this usage. It means slander or profanity, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you've put off the old man. All these things are, are, are um, references uh, and characteristics of the old man before you went and got hidden with Christ. That's what the old man looked like. And he says, you, you put on the new man, and the old man, all those deeds is what you used to be. Verse 10 says, but now you've put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge. To him, daddy's here, but out of James, all our life. To him that knoweth, say it, to do good and doeth it not, it is what? It is sin. So the Bible says, when I am saved and I am washed, and I am wrapped, and I am clothed, hallelujah, and I am hid with Jesus Christ. He says, there comes a knowledge in this new man that I have renewed now. I don't think the same way because I put to death all that mess. I'm not that man anymore. That's why I can say I'm hidden, and the only thing available to you right now as far as my being is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what Galatians 2 and 20, Paul said. He says, listen, all I know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's not me that's living, but it's now Christ living in me. If you've ever wondered what that scripture means, that's exactly what it means. He says, so don't lie to one another because you put on the new man and your knowledge is renewed according to the image of him who created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, you were a chosen generation. Remember that. A royal priesthood. You are the elect of God. God could have elected somebody else, but praise be to his name. He elected you today. Do you hear what I'm telling you? He elected you. He didn't have to. You don't bring anything to the table. Your righteousness is as filthy rags, but he elected you out of his grace and mercy. And that's how God sees me today. He elected me. He loved me in spite of being the old man. God loved me. And he elected me. Hallelujah. He did that. He said this. So since I've been elected by God, hallelujah, holy and beloved, I am to put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, that's your standard. That's the bar. Has the Lord forgiven you of something bad? Yes, he has. Yet should he? No, he shouldn't, but he did. That's the standard. Not well preacher, but it's just bad. You don't know what they did. That's not the standard. I don't set the standard. You don't set the standard. According to the way the Lord's forgiven you, that's the standard. He even included that in the Lord's prayer. But above all these things, folks, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. So let's, let's do this again. Let's go up here, and let's know that I got to go another day. That was just one day right there. 
one day. Now, I start my day, I end my day, whatever I do, you see, if your day don't look like this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you need to do your first works over again. If your day don't look like this right here, Andy walks with me, about to have Jesus to break out in the garden. You hear me right here in this place, unrehearsed, unannounced. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I elected you. I am his own. See, he's got my back. He's hidden me. Listen to me, church. Listen to me right now. Hallelujah. I want you to know this. God designed salvation for something to be lived, not looked at. And your day needs to be defined when you wake up in the morning, early in the morning, my soul will rise to thee. When you lay your head down at night, you need to be thanking God that you saw another day, that you breathed another day, you lived another day, every day, every day of your life. You don't just squeeze Sunday in every now and then. No, that's just something I do. But my life is hidden with Christ. So I'm hidden with Christ every day. I'm loving Jesus every day. I'm holding Jesus every day. I look to Jesus. I want more of Jesus every day. And the Lord says, you know, you put those things to death, but there's something else you got to do. Because of all those things that were put to death, he says, now, when you wake up, you just know that all these things be facing you. Good morning, good morning. Tired. I got a pounding headache from sinus trouble. I got to go get my oil changed. Oh, my goodness, alive. But that ain't the worst. Or worse. That, that, that's not what's really going to hit me hard today. You know what? When I walk out of the door, there's some things that I've got to put off. I can't put these to death. Anger. Anger. Malice. Derek has a graphic. He's going to show you. These are things that are... Or just kind of out here that I've got to deal with, because why 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 don't why you were killing and putting those other things to death? In the King James, I love what the King James said in verse five. It says, "Mortify the deed." When I think of mortify, I think of mortician or putting those things to death. I, I, I remember that when I, was in, when I was in Bible college in Charlotte, there was a funeral home that I got a buddy of mine, a job or a free place to stay, old school funeral homes, the big nice ones and all that. They would have living quarters upstairs. I learned all about being a mortician wait, 35 years ago because my friend, uh, I got him the job to stay in the third floor in one of the apartments one night and all he had to do was take what they call death calls and so he would take death calls in exchange for living there he didn't have to run them or do anything like that and this was a huge huge uh business a huge funeral home in charlotte but one day i i stayed over there a lot because it was right down the street it was free too and I wasn't living on campus. I was commuting back and forth from Rockingham. And so another guy that actually worked there as a mortician and embalmer, he became uh, 
a Bible college student with us. And so we became good friends. And many times I, I would kind of help him out with, with it, the whole process of been there, done that. But I remember one time where I really got familiar with, with mortifying and more, more, uh, putting to death. I remember there was a gentleman who had passed away, and he had, I hadn't experienced this before, but he hadn't been uh, too long deceased. And I had to, my buddy Ernest said, oh, can you help me? And I could. And so we, we got the gentleman and started to roll him into the prep room. We stayed on third floor. This was in the basement. And so we rolled him into the room, and when we got almost to the room, he, he was kind of a maybe 300 pounds, but his arm just did like that. And I said, what are you talking about, Willis? And I got very familiar with, with what it means and the whole uh, process of something being dead and put to death. That, that, that man, he, he, he was dead. But, but, you know, there's a whole process when it comes, in, comes into embalming. And that's why I really love the King James because that, my, that word may not mean anything to anybody. And not, so we say put to death, but it really means put to death. Don't, don't play around with it still moving or being warm. No, you do away with it right then. And the Bible says that, that these things right here that are out here in the world, see, I can't put anger. That's one of your words in that heart. That, that's things that can still happen. You, you can let the air out of my tires today, or you can ask for your pastor appreciation gift back, and I'll get angry. See, I can't put it to death because it can still. No, I won't. that was a joke, you know. I couldn't even get the four-year-old to help me on that one. But listen. I want you to hear this for real. There are things, anger, passion, uh, evil desire. That's, that's the other one. You showed me the one with the globe. Did you ever get that one? Okay, don't have it, so don't worry about it. You, you can do away with that. We, we done went down that road, and I got confused. But listen, these are the things you are to put off because you can't, you, you, you're going to wake up with them, you're going to come out the door, and you are to put off anger. You're to put off malice. You're to put off slandering somebody or filthy language. Well, I, I don't use, do, do you say, oh, my God? Okay. You're taking the Lord's name in vain. You are not glorifying God when you say, oh, my God. You're, you, you're not glorifying God, are you, when you say that? You're too ashamed to glorify him and say, oh, my God, in the middle of sinners and people. that You, you won't even do it in church, man. So these are things you got to put off because every day when you walk out of this door right here, and y'all got the picture now, but when you walk out of this door right here, every day, every day, you're going to have to put them off because they're going to come. Something's going to happen in the world. These other things, that's stuff that's inside that you can carry out. But these other things, they're always trying to get a piece of you, and the devil's always trying to make you mad and make you uh, have a vengeful spirit. All of these things, he's trying his best.
to get you to slander or say something to get somebody. He's doing this so you can't put these things off because they're always, got, and you can't say, well, I'm ne- I can say I'm never going to do drugs, but I cannot say I'm never going to get angry. Amen? So you got to put that off, Paul said. And this is what being hid with Christ really means. And this is what it really looks like. The Bible says you set your mind on things above. And we did this a long time ago with all these these little heads that we had up here. You put your mind, but what does that mean? What's in heaven? Well, the Bible says in Psalms 16 and 11, Thou will show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy at thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. Who in this world with a pulse right now don't want your mind to be on pleasures forevermore or joy? Who? Somebody tell me who. Look, I've got enough junk and stuff coming in from the world around me. Man, I don't want my mind nowhere else except for on pleasurable thoughts at the presence of the God, of the God I serve and my mind where joy is. That's where I want my mind, and that's what the Lord says. You set your mind up there because if you don't, your mind is going to cause your body to do something. You know, I know I'm just throwing a lot of different things out there. But when you put all these things to death and you put off all these things, Jesus knew, and I'm now, Jesus knew this. He knew that you wouldn't be able to handle this by yourself. That's why he told the disciples and all those around him, he said, listen, guys, I've got to go away. And, you know, it started right then. Oh, what are we going to do? There's no way we can do all this. We, we can't fight the crowd. And what's been, I, I've got to go away. He said, but, he said, if, if, if I don't go away, Jesus was, he was just trying to softly walk them into it. He said, if I don't go away, the comforter, the helper won't come. He can't come till I leave. And the Lord knew that there's no way you can put all this stuff off by yourself. It's in him that we live and we move and we have our being. That's what the Bible says. You can't do it on your own. That's why so many people that say, yes, I'm a Christian, but your life is not really hidden with the Lord. You are still open and available for business and you lose every time, even though it don't look like it to everybody else. You are losing leaps and bounds. You're losing because you don't have the help of the helper because you are not in a relationship with Jesus. And see, when you get in a relationship with Jesus, the first thing after your sins are covered, you're going to get hidden with Christ right then. And somebody, look, you can be behind the curtain with a lot of people, but when you get behind the curtain and you're hidden with Jesus, you ain't wanting nobody else. He's your all in all. He's my everything. He is the air that I breathe. He's the song that I sing. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the bright morning star. He's the way maker. He's the prophet. He's the lamb of God. He's the carpenter. He's the good shepherd. Who does not want to be with him when he's hidden you and covered you? Nobody that I know of that's serving him. 
Nobody. I want that kind of Jesus. And when you get that kind of Jesus, hey, the song, a lot of songs come out of this stuff. The things of this world grow what? Strangely dim. You mean you don't want that? Why ain't you going to go with us? Do this. Yo, you ain't got to have that. Y'all ain't got to do that this week. Don't go. Didn't you go to church last year at Christmas? You ain't got to do that. Didn't you pay your tithes like six years ago? Didn't you? He'll do, didn't you pray? Didn't your family do family devotions? Like He'll do all these things. Listen to me. Look, when you are in love with Jesus, man, you cannot hide it. I don't care what you hide it under a bush. Oh, no, I'm going to let it shine, you see. I'm dead. You won't get to see me again, man. You won't get to see the real Opie Swells again until I'm, and it's not going to be the same one because I'm a new man, until the Lord reveals me when he's revealed. Right now, it's Jesus front and center, and that's the best you're ever going to get, and that's why the things of this world are strangely dim to the people who are not a part of this world. Amen? Look, I do a lot of things sometimes, but I want to... I want to read verses 3 through 13 or 14 again. But I'm going to read it from a different translation. I, I very seldom do this. But I want you to listen to this. You can follow along with me. It's the same thing you've already heard, but I want you to hear this. Explain like this. Your old life is dead. Your new life which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up to the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death, sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like, whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy, that's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. And he is. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you, you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. Every item of your way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. And the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, uh, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free mean nothing. God, wait a minute. Where am I at, y'all? Okay, thank you. Y'all are listening and pay attention, and I feel like it's past appreciation or something. From now on, 
everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Would you stand with me right now? I shouldn't do this, but I want to make a point because I, I don't, I'm not trying to be funny or anything. But I want you to understand something so bad that I'm, I'm going to do this and hope that it is quick. Last night or the night before, we were FaceTiming with Caitlin, and uh, I was sitting in the recliner, and not verbatim, but close, Caitlin said, Daddy, your bald spot is humongous. Tyler, come here. Now I'm on display, you see. And then, then, we've got to screenshot that. So I can see it. Y'all, there's one thing I promise you I'll never do. I'll never preach with my back to you. Never. If I do, you can leave here saying, we have been in a Holy Ghost-filled service today. What I'm telling you, yeah, I wish, I wish that wasn't there. I do. I, I don't care. Because one day, my, my life, I'm on my way home. One day, when I appear with the Lord, I'm not going to be limited by past soldier, shoulder surgery. I'm not going to feel that hernia scar sometimes. I'm not going to, all the things, you know, the, the ongoing sinus issues. See, because here's the deal. This is what we're, we're, we're going for. When, when I finally show back up because I'm hidden all this time, when I show back up, I'm going to be a brand new person. I'm, I'm going to be a brand new person. Oh, no bald spot, no pain. I'm not going to feel like I'm losing my mind sometimes. I'm not going to 
be anxious like the Bible tells me not to, but I am anyway. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to wonder about church people and God help me help them. All of those things, when you finally see me, when I appear with Jesus Christ, I'm going to be a Brent Barber. It ain't going to bother you never again. All of you that feel it, that know it, that are, are plagued with it, you go to bed with it, you wake up. I don't care if it's just knowledge of knowing your baby's in Augusta with cancer in her body. It ain't going to be there when you appear with Jesus. So, listen to me. I'm begging you, I'm begging you. Today is the day of salvation. If you haven't had an experience like what you not only saw but you heard today, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. And he wants to not call you just so he can call you out. He's elected you. And he's calling you because he's tired of the devil doing all he can because you think you're safe. He's ready to hide you in himself, see. He's ready to hide you, see. He's ready for you to be walking in victory for a change. He's ready for you to be living in victory. He's going to help you put things to death through the Holy Ghost. He's going to help you to put off things because the same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the grave is living inside of those that are set free by the blood of Jesus. So you're not doing it on your own. I don't. I know we can't go up there, but you can come right here. How many don't care what anybody says or think? I need what I heard this morning to take place in my life. You ain't got to walk up the steps. You can just walk right here and say, God, here I this is This part is between you and him. It's not me and you anymore. I wouldn't leave a gift like this on the table if I was you. While those of you that are debating I want you to look at the screen a long time ago we even bought these shirts that said WWJD what would Jesus do every day when you make choices because you are dead now and you're not revealed yet you need to instead ask yourself ITWJD is that what Jesus would do? What you're about to do with that woman or that man, is this what Jesus would do? No, it ain't. What you're about to do, lying on your time clock? No, Jesus. What I'm about to do to impress my friends? No, Jesus wouldn't do this. That's what we need to be asking ourselves. Would Jesus use this foul language to be cool so I don't want people to know I go to church? Is that what Jesus would do? That's the question. Not what We know what Jesus did. He lived a life free of sin he walked he loved he helped he forgave he he included he didn't discriminate he loved everybody that's what we already know that's been settled in the word but everything in my life is this what Jesus would do now father we pray all over this building we pray online today in the name of Jesus I thank you, Lord, you love me enough to hide me, Lord, in a place, hallelujah, that's safe and sound and secure. 
And it's your strength that's working in us to help us, Lord, deal with this world and this flesh. Online or in the places that you are, if you are not a believer, would you say, Jesus, God, I fall on my face. I fall before you right now, Lord, and I say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. Hallelujah. God, forgive me. Lord, I had a form of godliness, but I really was not that kind of saved. I want to be that kind of saved. Hallelujah. Lord, when I walk out in the morning, God, when I walk out, Father, <laughs> Lord, regardless of what's going on, when I walk out, Lord, help me to be on guard. Lord, help me to put off things. God, I want to look more like you. I want to sound more like you, Lord. I don't care if I'm labeled, if I'm ostracized, Lord, if I look that different. I care about the way I look in your eyes, Lord. Father, I pray. Forgive me. Pray it, the Lord will forgive you. to say this at all. But the Lord had just dealt with me to bring this before everybody here. And that is that it doesn't matter what age you are, if you are a teenager or an adult, that we need to revisit our social media presence. Social media is defining us too much. Social media is making too many decisions. For I, there's not a single person on my brain right now. And people will live and die and go to hell because of sculpting their life around social media. I didn't tell you it was wrong. 
but you can make it wrong. It's like money. Money's not wrong, but people make it wrong. And people covet. People want more of it. It's not wrong. But I don't know if, if just putting it off today will do it. It, it, it might be that it, you just need to say, no, I can't because I see what happens. When I entertain it, 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 I see something I don't agree with or I don't like or somebody didn't like something that I was really wanting them out of 4,000 people to like. They didn't do it. And then it generates and brings up that anger. You see where I'm going? That malice, that resentment. And that's not the only thing. We went over many things. But we all need to see that in this day and age, if it's not from God and his word, things of God, then you know, because I've told you many times now, ultimately it's attacked, attached to the devil. He said, I have all the power over the world. I can give it, I can do with it whatever I want to. All, you name it. You name any industry, you name any educational outlet, you name any charitable organization, you name anybody, any act, you name anything you want to. And unless it's God and his word and the saving of souls, the church of Jesus Christ is the only thing that is not ultimately controlled by the enemy. Well, it's harmless. They do good work. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they do. That's fine and that's good, and we're told to love our neighbors ourselves. But you've got to understand, if he can't get into you with a piece of cocaine or an extramarital affair or drinking and carrying on to be accepted by your friend, he'll use something else that he knows that you are really, really, really attached to. And see, when I just obeyed the Lord about everything I said today, felt, and I don't go by my feelings because I did what I was told to do, but it felt like I just slapped everybody square in the face. And, and I'm, I'm wrong, I know I am, but I'm telling you folks, don't underestimate. We've been made more than conquerors. Rex Neyland singers, don't worry, you don't know them. You're way too young to know what I'm saying. Used to sing a song called, We've Been Made More Than Conquerors, Overcomers by the Blood. And greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, but you cannot be ignorant of his devices. You can call everything you want to harmless, and it's innocent. I can do this and I can do that, but you can't. In the end, because you are not in control. In fact, if you were on this right here, I'm promising you 99% of the time it is in control. I'm going to give you a quick test and I'm going to pray. I'm over here. I'm talking to Billy Weathington right now, hard as I can. It can be about us. It can be about something gravely important. Now, everybody in here is about to get dinged, all right? So get ready if you got a phone. I can be pouring my, that man can be telling me tears down his eyes, just flowing down his face. And all of a sudden, 
Ding! And I do this right here. Brother, you know what? I'm going to be praying. And I start gravitating toward my master. Because I need that spam email to tell me how to lose weight. I need, I, I need to see that. All right? I need that. Or, or, or wait, this is it. Hold on. Or I'm down here. I don't do that. But at that time, I was all into him and praying for him. And I'm looking at him. I don't get up. But I've already left his presence because I'm wondering what that was. A to the men. Amen, brother. So I forgive him. Oh, Lord. Help me, Jesus. I don't know how this happened, but this is what just showed up on my phone. That's that picture my daughter took. Okay? I didn't touch anything. Nobody, I, I don't know. But that's what I'm going to leave on. That, that ain't the last, that ain't the last of me right there. The last of me is what you hadn't seen yet. I love y'all. I want you to know, and the Lord loves you. And here's, here's some great news. We still have time to do something about where we are. Amen? Look, you can cry over spilt milk. I can cry over spilt milk. I do it sometimes. But the Lord says, today is a new day. I love you. I pray the Lord bless you and keep you. Be gracious to you. Make his face shine upon you. I pray that he'd turn his countenance toward you. I pray he'd give you peace. I pray that he would make your way prosperous for his name's sake. And I also pray that everything that I say and do, that you say and do, we say and do, that we do it all to the glory of God. Amen. I love you. Give God a great big hand.